Two words, chartographer. Well, I'm not sure if you saw the name of the podcast spelled out, but that is exactly what it is. But like, well, it shouldn't have a float. Like, chart- <laughs> we are the chartographers, you right? Know? But also, like, it's isn't it a play on the word cartographers, which is pronounced with the T and the O connected in a single sound? So I'm Evan. I hope you're not cutting any of this. <laughs> I think we're off to a great start. I'm super excited. And this is Taryn. Hi, Taryn. Hi, my name is Taryn. And we are the co-creators and co-hosts of uh, Chartographers. And uh, what this is here is basically, this is going to be the, the one of the de facto music podcast. We are going to assess, debate, and ultimately rank some of our favorite artist discographies all together. It is the place for music people, and we are so excited because today we are tackling a very powerful and wonderful subject, one of the preeminent pop stars of the modern era, Beyonce! Beyonce. It's such a big deal, and as such, as much as Taryn and I have had many numerous debates about this before, we can't do it ourselves. We have, as always, a special guest. This time we have a well-known actor and delightful (laughs) human being, (laughs) Nicholas Shoda. How's it going, Nick? It's going well. I'm giggling at the well-known, but... uh... I I mean, I knew him, so therefore, me and my cultural preeminence... Oh, so you know him well. Therefore, that's that's well-known to Evan. Sorry, let me put that qualifier in there. Uh, anywho, guys, I'm so excited about this. Uh, this is a wonderful thing that we've been talking about for a while. We are finally pulling the trigger on it. It's so great. So excited. And it's also very topical as well, because just a couple weeks prior to us recording this, uh, Beyonce just happened to drop a new album. Mm-hmm. It's called yeah. Lemonade. We were already considering uh, doing this episode, and then we're like, oh, great, we'll have a new album to use. So really, the, the timing is perfect. Um, right. What a, what better time to do it? Thank yeah. God we didn't decide to do Radiohead because all of a sudden we'd have oh we have that new album and then <laughs> Chance next week and all sorts of things going on. It's the age of the uh, there was an article today I saw. It's not the age of the surprise release. It's the age of appointment listening, uh, where you just oh. and the thing is that when you announce things like a day or two before, there's always that moment of just like oh we did have this cultural listening to experience now. It's kind of like you know watching game of thrones or something else like right, that right. where it's like this communal experience and so therefore like the day after you just jump on twitter or something and you see reactions right. and emotions because if you don't listen to it right away you're gonna miss you're, all the memes yeah and you're basically garbage <laughs> oh, basically is what you know. so guys we're talking about beyonce today um and we are going to rank uh, a lot of her music together but before we do anything and the thing that we traditionally do in all this we always have qualifiers in there to kind of debate about what we are and are not talking about mm-hmm. so first qualifier and i think it should kind of go without saying but guys we're not ranking Destiny's Child albums are yeah. no. That's yeah. a whole separate. That's, that's a, a whole separate conversation. <laughs> yeah. That's like in like another hour. Okay. Into itself. I yeah. Think. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so that's one. That's kind of the easy one. And again, Beyonce doesn't have a lot of qualifiers, but there is this one, and I'm pretty sure we can all agree on it, though. Guys, we're not counting the Dreamgirls soundtrack, are we? No. no. Okay. Not yeah. again. Not a no. Beyonce album. Yeah. It wasn't written a for heavily her. Beyonce mm. featuring album, but yeah. not sure. like yeah. Exactly. Okay, cool. So then we'd good. have to do Cadillac Records, and nobody wants to do that. <laughs> Although, on that note, does l- talking about Listen in the context of B-Day, because it was on the deluxe edition, so that's, okay, that's question. Now, this is the probably the biggest question. That's the next question. Are we counting 
platinum and deluxe mm. and international releases, are we counting the album as a whole, as as an entire body of work, or are we counting the original eleven to twelve song track list? My the album. Mm-hmm. My gut instinct is telling me that we should just count the album by itself. Uh, which would basically we're not counting the platinum edition of Beyonce. Sorry, Seven Eleven. Because fun fact, um, B Day had eleven different release versions. <laughs> um, no, really? When you're counting, <laughs> yes. Uh, when you start going into UK, the UK edition and the Japanese edition and fucking Australia and New Zealand and then. All of those countries get their own deluxe editions and they get their own platinum editions where it's all of the bonus tracks in one place, but then yeah. there's like a bonus video and it's there's absurd. Just... In my mind, I feel like um, like the international editions, I don't really care about personally, but what's interesting is the way that she went back and like, like on Apple Music right now, B-Day, the version of B-Day that is on Apple Music is the deluxe edition and the... Um, sequencing is totally different. So not only did she just release a deluxe edition, yeah. but she didn't just tack extra songs onto the end of it. She like restructured the entire album. That's and that's I've been looking at that while she I've been, life of Pablo did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, life of Pablo. All he did was put in a different version of the song and then repost it. Like yeah. no, with Beyonce, it's and and it's it's definitely disclaimer. Once she. And, gains full control over her career it becomes much less extreme yeah yes um for example lemonade there is only one edition of lemonade and four yeah um four also i don't even know that it i think it got like a deluxe edition with a couple bonus tracks but she did the same thing with four i just looked it up on on apple music recently too i went back and listened to the whole i I think we all did i need to do my we did our homework we all did our homework yeah Yeah. Did our bay work. Um, <laughs> research. That's terrible. Oh, God. Uh, so, down to two guests now. Yeah, this bye. One. It's been great. Um, no, but she, like, the, the version, again, on Apple Music starts with Love on Top, which yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. That's yeah. The, the deluxe edition of yeah. four. Yeah. yeah, that's, so that's, but, yeah. I, I was seeing that really commonly throughout her discography is that she, when she would do a deluxe or a lot of times, and it's so dumb, but. Um, depending on which album we're talking about, the deluxe edition would just would come out at the same time as the main release with a couple bonus tracks. Yeah, like a Target exclusive. Yeah. Or, a, whatever, or an yeah. iTunes bonus track or yeah, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Um, okay. I, so consensus is probably going with the original track list as it was released on yeah. the date it was released. So yes. sorry, School in Life. You ain't getting oh, any sort of... Oh, but that song yeah. is so great. Yeah. So oh, like, God damn it. Me. I so, love that song. So if we're not counting deluxe and platinum editions, um, right off the bat, we're losing, yeah, School in Life Ego, which was a single. Um, we're losing... Um, smash Into You. Smash Into You. We're, yeah. Well, uh, freaking um, so many of the best songs on... Grown uh, Grown Woman is the oh, biggest yeah, loss, quite frankly. But that's okay, because guess what, guys? We're going to have a mini-sode after this where we're going to talk about the deluxe tracks and we're going to talk okay. about Destiny's Child singles. So oh, okay. Don't worry. Wait, we're going to talk about Destiny's Child singles? <sighs> Why not? That's... I mean, I guess it's Beyonce. Exactly. Right. So anyway, it's, that's a totally... lot of So guys, exactly. We what do. are we left we with? So we are left with six albums. And let's just count them down real quick. we got 2003's debut, Dangerously in Love. You might know mm-hmm. it from a little song called Crazy in Love. 
Uh, we have Bidet in 2006. No. Also known as B-Day. Which also has... I'm not going to let you pronounce it as Bidet <laughs> yeah. for this entire <laughs> podcast. Irreplaceable. On exactly. It. Okay, it deserves a little bit of respect. Uh, you then mean irreemplazable? Thank you. <laughs> then there was, of course, 2008's I Am Sasha Fierce. You might know it as the Single Ladies album. Uh, there was 2011's Four... I get. I mean, honestly, I'm gonna call that one the uh, Love on Top album, really, because there's a, there's a, that's a, we're gonna debate this. It's gonna be interesting. 2013's self-titled Beyonce, her first visual album, if you want to call it that, which had videos with everything, Drunken Love. But even then, I don't even think that's the most qualifying song. We'll get to that. Yeah. And then, of course, the most recent release, 2016's Lemonade, with mm. Formation and a whole bunch of other stuff. So, guys, we're gonna work our way backwards here. We're gonna start with. <clears throat> Number six. What is the worst, or if you want to be a uh, Bayhive person, the sixth, sixth best Beyonce album? I'm just going to go... I, I have very strong feelings about this. Uh, Dangerously in Love. Oh, Bottom of the list. Yeah, same, same, okay. same, same. So let's talk about this one a little bit. Now, I feel like is with, uh, yeah, with Beyonce and Lemonade, I feel like those albums are very much kind of like a much more considered things. And when you talk about Beyonce and Lemonade, we're talking about albums that have some, maybe some weaker tracks, but not really filler tracks. Right. With the first four albums, we have filler tracks. Yeah. And it's a really a debate of how good or bad are the filler tracks. Well, and I mean, and the thing is, it's because uh, when she, for the, her first three albums, she was a manufactured product being managed by her father. And it was still very Beyonce. It was very great pop music but it it, with obviously when she took over it became her statements as an artist and so they're a lot more carefully considered they didn't you know she wasn't going to put these albums out until they were ready whereas with the first three it was well we need an album which songs are we putting on it well so and i think probably the biggest problem with dangerously in love is that all the great songs on it were released as singles. Like, actually, though. Yeah, like... Right. You had, you have... I mean, Crazy in Love, which is the greatest pop song of the last 20 years, in my opinion. Just down, put the, dropping this, a really big truth um, bomb out there. It's not blast radius. Uh, I, I can't think of anything that comes close. Uh, me, Myself, and I was one... I think that's what initially hooked yeah. me. Like, I mean, Crazy in Love was everywhere, but Me, Myself, and I, I really dug. That was just a vibe to it, which was... It's, I was deliberately and beautifully more pointedly sexual than some of the other songs she's done in her early career where she was like trying to be sexual and you just yeah. kind of got like you can you can stop now yeah yeah i guess i can see that yeah no and, and my biggest problem with um dangerously in love is and it's throughout her entire career all six albums and even on uh destiny's child albums they have ballads and she sounds lovely the ballads on Dangerously in Love are Snooze. too numerous, <laughs> and they are boring. Uh, they don't stand out from each other. Even when you bring in, you know, a, a stalwart like Luther Vandross, it still just sounds like another boring ballad on this Beyonce album. And it's, it was honestly, I like. <laughs> we just haven't opened a gate. No. Nick showed up. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. I mean, I, I continue. I listened. I listened to the album twice through in the past week just to make sure that I really had it in my mind. And I yeah. just like I cannot tell these songs apart. I will they just say, don't stick yeah. with me. I will say, although I don't think fondly of songs like Hip Hop Star or let's say Oh Signs, God, that one's so bad. Uh, weirdly enough, I'm not sure if you guys remember Be With You, the fifth track on there, which is kind of the slower ballad, but it's weird because there's kind of an R&B throwback on there. Her phrasing on that song is actually, it took me a second to kind of realize it. It was actually a uh, 
her phrasing is borrowed from Strawberry Letter 23. That oh, old yeah. classic. Yeah, that, anyway, and I was just, I'm just like, oh my god, like she's singing it the exact same, like the guide notes, which I thought was so fascinating. But that's like that's, the only fascinating thing. Well, that's thing. the thing about, that's yeah. the other thing that bothers me about Dangerously in Love, and it, this was the thing to do in the era. Obviously, Janet Jackson did it all the freaking time, and Mariah Carey did it all the time, so it was coming off of that that tail end of that era but in the 90s the thing to do was to take the hook of a 70s song and reinterpret it in your own way and then even naughty girl does love to love you by donna summer and so many other i mean i i think there's like six or seven tracks on dangerously in love that use a section of a 70s hit I also just love that the song Dangerously in Love was recorded for Survivor and Beyonce was like, no, this is going to be my song now. I'm going to put it on my album. She doesn't give credit to Destiny's Child, even though you can hear like Michelle singing the chorus right along with her. And she's like, no, mine. (laughs) And also, here's the other thing I will say about this, though. As though we talk about uh, Crazy in Love, we talk about some of the songs from here. Um... Baby Boy and Naughty Girl have not held up the way I thought they would. We're recording this in 2016, and I listened to those, and they are of the era. There is some dated parts of that yeah, production. they're pretty dated. Which is interesting, because Baby Boy is a staple of her. Right! Of all of her it was a huge hit! Shows. It was yeah. a well, and she yeah. And yeah. she still performs it all the time. Yeah. She's I don't still... know she's... I've been avoiding spoilers about the uh, formation tour because I'm seeing it, and I okay, like, fair, fair. I don't want to like yeah. spoil any of the, um, the the set list for me, but I'm I'm sure she's I'm sure she's doing it. I I mean because it's right. yeah. such a staple. Right? Yeah, um, cool. I think I think Naughty Girl holds up a little better <coughs> than Baby Boy, but it's still Usher was in that video. I yes, I know Usher oh. was in the video in the Naughty. Everyone's video. forgotten oh, that. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. Like, oh, that's right. I for- see. <laughs> You know what was interesting going back what? and listening to this? This and B-Day, I realized the degree to which I was sort of a casual Beyonce fan mm-hmm. up until yeah. up until four. I think it took four yeah, for me exactly. to read. Yeah. I was yeah. like, there's so many songs that I just don't know. And right. also, songs, even not. songs that were like released as singles. Mm-hmm. Like songs that or or you know you look it up and you're like oh god this went top five yeah. and <gasps> oh my god it just doesn't have any cultural impact that's anymore. how you like it featuring jay-z what dog shit i hated that song <laughs> uh, anyway guys number six on our list dangerously in love i also have to make one more comment about yes, this one um, more uh uh daddy <laughs> yeah um how interesting that her <laughs> career has been bookended by uh, songs daddy. about daddy yeah how she wants uh Oh shit, I wish I could remember the lyrics. She wants her uh, husband to be like her daddy. She wants her son to be like her daddy. And now we have daddy lessons on Monday, which yeah. I'm sure we'll get to. Which I always wanted, I always think of as daddy issues in my life. Right, no, I, I do the yeah. same thing too. Because daddy lessons, it's, I mean, it's a deliberate song. I mean, it, yeah. But she couldn't call it daddy issues. Uh, well, she, you know, I don't she, know. I think uh, exactly. I mean, based she, on what we know about Matthew Knowles, I think she probably exactly. could. I mean, she, she, she yeah. could. I don't know. That doesn't fit her. Well, let's kind of let's anyway, explore a little bit more yeah. because I feel like Beyonce as a songwriter and as a public persona, this I feel like Dangerous in Love is very much a bunch of pop singles thrown together. And I feel like as we're going to keep going down the line, we're going to see more and more of her identity coming out a little yeah. bit more. So guys, that leads to the next question. What is number five on our list? Okay. I think Shoda has Shoda has an idea. I, so my gut reaction yes. is I am Sasha Fierce. Interesting. And here's why. Okay. 
So, first of all, I hate the song Single Ladies, and it's not because of, like, it's not a great song. Uh-huh. It's just that people took that song and they ran with it for what felt like roughly five years afterward. And, um, Fair. And it just exhausted me at a certain point. The video's amazing. I remember watching her perform it on the AMAs that year and just, like, jaw dropped. Holy shit, what is this woman doing? Right. She's incredible. I just never want to hear that song ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that album is very much from the the early years of Gaga, where you saw a lot of pop stars who were experimenting with different sounds and different identities that were not very authentic. And mm-hmm. as such, half of it just kind of feels like she is trying real, real hard to prove that she is this Sasha Fierce character. Yeah. I'm also, I mean... Anytime somebody does this like alter ego type of thing, I mean, it needs to be a I, distinct alter ego. I hate to bring Chris Gaines into this conversation, <laughs> but I mean, Garth Brooks alter ego from the 1990s, by the way, if yeah. you don't know. Um, I it, first it time just, he had a top 40 hit. It it uh, brings back memories of that, and I just remember thinking while I listened to it, especially the up tempo stuff, the, the Sasha Fierce stuff. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I don't, I don't know. This feels really forced. Well, okay. Well, I want to. I want to posit something. Then, would we say that when competing for number slots number four and five are Sasha Fierce and B Day? No, not for me. Really interesting. Not necessarily. Okay. Yeah. So this is an interesting. I think competing. I don't. I don't know. I think because I'm definitely going to challenge you on on uh, Sasha Fierce being in this spot. Just because I actually really like the album, I fully recognize it has its weak spots. I think, you know, as Evan and I have definitely discussed, Radio is a terrible song, possibly yeah. one of her worst. Video phone? Yeah, does okay, not let's, let's, brief, let's oh. kind of talk about the back end of Sasha Fierce before we do anything else here. Um, radio, now here's the reason why I think Radio is the worst song Beyonce ever recorded, and I'm throwing <laughs> this out there. The reason why is because this very, like, techno-y almost like kind of sound it sounds like it was meant for another artist and beyonce just it kind sounds of like it yes was meant for it. gaga almost i would right. say that there which is but see Funny. the thing is yes. we, we we have to stop and not say that because this came out a year before gaga's debut right but then there was of course video phone and then the later remix for video phone uh that had gaga on it but then remember Gaga, you know, Beyonce featuring Lady Gaga had Video Phone, this terrible, boring-ass song. And then Gaga featuring Beyonce had Telephone, a far superior and more entertaining song. I felt like she got the better end of the bargain at that point, which maybe speaks to a little bit of what she was doing at the time. Sure. But... I mean, the other thing is that it kind of felt like... Um, because by the time they became friends of a sort or whatever yeah. they are which has never um, materialized since then has but never, right, yes. right has never really been clear um i mean we'd already gotten i want to say f- five or six singles off of sasha fierce so it's not like beyonce had a better song to offer her to do a remix of it was right. like oh well i have these like two songs left that could be singles which one do you want to be on <laughs> but at the, you know here's the thing that i want to speak to about I, sasha fierce when we're getting to a deeper level is i feel like while dangerously in love is a series of pop singles i don't feel like they're necessarily her personality or her voice necessarily like she's and the thing is that when you talk about b-day and you talk about dangerously in love she beyonce still has this very reedy polished but reedy kind of sounding voice 
I am Sasha Fierce, she starts getting into a little bit more interesting things. It feels a little bit more confident. And then as a songwriter, too, because she has co-written so many of the songs in her own career, uh, she starts really, starting with B-Day, when you think about Freakum Dress, when you start thinking about uh, Ring, uh, Sound the Alarm, Ring the Alarm, mm-hmm. uh, she is starting to like approach different to- you know tropes of like, now I'm the jealous woman, now I'm the proud woman. She's, it's it, a lot more like, I feel like personal to her. And with Sasha Fierce, I mean, she led that album with I was, If I Was a Boy, which is a pretty bold choice, really, when you think about it. Like, mm-hmm. it's kind of commercial, but like... Well, she, yeah. if I remember correctly, she released both at the same time. Oh, yeah. She right, did, exactly. She, yeah. She, she yeah. One put, of Bay and one of Sasha Fierce. She did. Yes. She dropped If I Were a Boy and Single Ladies at the same time. And then similarly, still before the album came out, she dropped um, Halo and Diva. Yeah. Um, and that so that's the thing about uh, Sasha Fierce is um, I do think that it suffers from the, the Bay-Sasha split that she tried to do. Where again she put all of the ballads in the same place. Also, they... Ave Maria sucks. I'm sorry, Ave guys. Maria is not a good one. <laughs> Die! I hate that song. Oh my god, it's not Ave a good song. Marie. It's really, it's really not. And neither is Broken Hearted Girl. Nope. And Disappear is fine. I, I have issues, but with like, Halo, but that's me. Um, wait, why? What are your issues? You have issues with Halo? Oh, yeah, because uh, fucking, because fucking Tedder, Ryan Tedder. Okay, well, yeah, you what? just. Oh, yeah. D- Oh, Disclaimer, right. Evan just hates Ryan Tedder. I do. And yes, he did screw over Kelly Clarkson yeah. and Beyonce by giving them the exact, the exact same, same song, song basically. Yeah. But, That's true. Yeah. But it's, like, it's a fine power ballad, but even that, I don't feel like it's necessarily indicative of... Because when you think about it, I mean, some of the lyrics on the chorus are just kind of... They're really disjointed. That's my own thing, though. Yeah. So, but here, I want to I posit something really, really interesting, because we're talking about uh, uh, Sasha Fierce. Taryn disagrees. Taryn, what would you put at number five? I would put B-Day. All right. Okay. Because walk us through it. Because, okay. <laughs> Let let's Deja just, vu is let's a just look over here at this check. And you know, honestly, I don't hate Deja Vu. Right. I I think Deja Vu is a perfectly good song. Upgrade you has actually held actually, up. Yeah. Better than I expected it to. Um. And Evan vehemently disagrees with me on this, but um. He thinks "Get Me Bodied" is terrible. I love "Get Me Bodied." I love "Get Me Bodied." <laughs> I, oh, I, I love song. "Get Me Bodied." God damn, um, but we've just finished talking about the things that I like on B Day, um, and then <laughs> we uh, we Not move along to Not irreplaceable? irreplaceable. is fine. Even in the era, I didn't. I was not impressed. I thought, oh, Beyonce, you have better things to offer us than this. Mm-hmm. And I know it's one of her biggest hits ever, and it just doesn't do it for me. So it's not enough to save this album because then you start going into Sugar Mama, which again is is fine, but yeah. Ring the Alarm is just it. It, it almost feels like it feels I, like she was trying to pull out the anger that she right. had on later albums, but she didn't have the Emotional. commitment or, right, she didn't have any reason to be angry, so I, it just falls stale. I can kind of agree with that. I feel like uh, Read the Alarm is a song I can more appreciate than enjoy, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Go ahead, Shota. I also feel like I remember at that time there being rumors about Jay-Z cheating on her back then, so my question is, has Jay-Z just been treating her like shit for her entire <laughs> career? Or, like, the last ten years? Because, what, that came out in 2006? Yeah. Like, I, I I, don't know. I mean, 
I and I also remember the narrative behind that album being that she recorded it right after she filmed Dreamgirls and she went on these interviews and talked mm-hmm. about how she like had all this energy like she'd been she'd spent so long like repressing herself and then she got to let out all this anger by recording all these songs in like two weeks or whatever. So right. I mean it's over it's a it's like a classic Beyonce like polished narrative, but I wouldn't necessarily uh, deny that there or I I it seems plausible to me that some of that anger was real. Okay, okay. so le- guys, let's we we've been sitting about this for a while. So, Tarrant, you nominate B Day in our number five slot, correct? Yeah. And Shoda, you put Sasha Fierce in our number five slot. Correct? Yeah. Okay. Um, and however, okay. I will say qualifier that if you had swapped out. Um, Ave Maria with Smash Into You on the original release, and uh, Video Phone with Ego, those rankings might change. Yeah, and yeah. That's, the, that's the thing about the, the, especially in this era, the platinum releases, is that, like, they may help. I think that the platinum release of Sasha Fierce is far and away a better album, because it, it, mm-hmm. it fixes the order... And then it's, I mean, the Platinum Edition of Sasha Fierce is like eight songs in a row that you love. Yeah. Because it just takes all, all of the good stuff and front loads it, and then it starts putting the weaker stuff in the back. But like the, the Platinum Edition, I, if I remember correctly, has, that's uh, Why Don't You Love Me, which is an amazing song. Um, and yeah, obviously we've talked about Ego, but... Um, yeah, there's just an oh, and scared of lonely. I love that song. So but long story short, like guys, I'm not sure if you know this. I think the it, the decision comes down to Evan on this oh, year. Shit. So, oh shit! Right. Oh no, this is oh, terrible. Got a tiebreaker. Uh, and I know, and this is a tough thing. And honestly, there's I could honestly go either way on this. Or is it a tiebreaker? Are you going to surprise us with something else that you think? Should well, be if in the three thing? of us disagree, I mean, I okay. I feel like these albums are in the right place. I feel okay. like B Day or Sasha Fierce could go in the number five slot. But when I look at on a track by track basis, ten tracks versus eleven tracks, and when I think about I mean, when I think about Freakum Dress and what it's trying to do, and I think about Upgrade You, and I think about, you know, even Irreplaceable, and I, then I, I compare that with Sweet Dreams, by the way, I think is the underrated gem in Sasha oh, Fierce. Wow. I want to put that on there. Man. I love that. That is such a great song. I do song. love that song, too. Um, no. Well, show does make yeah, me but face. Yeah, but, but Satellites, <laughs> Brokenhearted Girl, like, they're just kind of these blander ones. I think on a song-for-song basis, I'm going to put B-Day above Sasha Fierce. Oh, so number five shit. on our list, two to one vote. I am oh, Sasha no. Fierce okay. at number five. I, so. I, def- I respect that. Right. Yeah. Now, oh, no. that, with that being said, do we push B to number four or does someone have something else to throw in its place? I could never justify putting anything else in her category at number four. I don't, That's, for me. No, you're right. You're okay. right. Okay. So we, t- we talked about it a lot and I, I totally agree. I think it's fair. Guys, B-Day is number four on the list. We are halfway yeah, through. Just because, I mean, her her recent three are just so solid and so her, so much more of an artistic statement yeah. each of, in their own that I think, yeah, we have to well, we have to list the early <laughs> albums down there. Well, and guys, I do want to say one yes. thing about B-Day real quick. Uh-huh. Um, shout out to her for Irreplaceable because I, I know it's not one of your favorites. That is one of my favorite songs of all time. I had it on repeat 
during that era, I was also going through a breakup at the time, so I was like, every day I was like crying on the bus, like listening to Irreplaceable. And so it holds a very special place in my heart, and every and I don't listen to it all that often now, but at the time it when meant. it comes on, I'm like, yes. But I feel like it connects with a lot of people. Well, that was a breakup anthem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's totally a breakup anthem, and and I'm I'm not saying it's not a great pop song. Oh yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, but and I, um, I respect that. But know? I definitely understand. I mean, the just the cultural impact that it's had, even. Right. I, I mean, it yeah. was truly the single ladies of its era, not just because it was the biggest hit off that album, but because, like, people n- will never forget that. Mm-hmm. Well, as we know, guys, what goes around comes back around. Oh, which God. leads us... Right. No. Now, honestly, but I'm not nominating anything here because we're down to four. We're down to the self-titled, and we're down to the brand new Lemonade, too. I'm... And I feel like Lemonade's been out long enough that we can probably have a value judgment yeah, on it. Yeah, it's been, like, what, three weeks now? <laughs> yeah. No, but legitimately. Yeah, no, I, I'm just laughing because it's like, how quickly these things happen. It's right, just, exactly. To me, you know? I mean, um, if we've listened to the entire thing at least 15 times yeah. at this point, I think we have a pretty good idea. Exactly. I watched it again today. So. I know. Nice. Yeah. So, now I'm going to throw something out there. Shoda. Yeah. Oh. What would you nominate for number three? Can I just, uh, just to? Mm. <laughs> this is oh, really so conflicting. Okay, so so hard at this point. So this is where I've I've been thinking about this a lot, just in listening to her music, and then not only listening to her music, but also thinking about my relationships to uh, women of color in the entertainment industry, and how historically in my life specifically. I mean, I've gone through periods where I have listened exclusively to, you know, the great R&B divas of our time, and that's been it. And so, because Self-Titled and Lemonade are so about being a woman of color, I, I there's a part of me that feels really, like, it, like, it feels wrong for me to, to rank these in some way. Because it's not, I mean, they're, they're such, they're, they're both really great. But I also recognize that they were not for me, made for me, or about me. Yeah. But so I, which is not to say that like I, I recognize I'm entitled to have an opinion, but I also right. And the, the thing like, is, and, and and I understand why you would need to put that qualifier you know, in there, but also as three white gay men, right? Uh, that have uh, uh, two and a half. <laughs> Uh, that basically have we are also fans as well, and we can as fans render our own. Well, and I also think it. that. Just because that's what the lyrical content is about. Um, I mean, I've never been one to focus primarily on lyrics for the reason that I'm appreciating a song. So I don't uh-huh. really, as as and I and I do completely appreciate and respect and and love and and definitely sometimes these things the songs are about yeah. enhance the experience, of course. But what I'm looking at here is this like song structure and production and and, uh, and the way that it the music moves you and i think from that point um it, again it doesn't it doesn't matter that they're about being a woman of color it's it's uh, the songs are empowering or they're angry or they're fragile and i think anyone can appreciate that especially because she has such a strong 
emotive voice. Well, even with that, though, I want to put one thing out there, and then we're going to get a ranking out of Shota, um, is the fact mm-hmm. that I feel like Beyonce has been able to do something with her career that is so unique, and the fact that she hasn't, through these the first three albums, four, five, and six on her list, uh, she grew herself into becoming one of the prominent pop stars of the era, a defining pop star of the era. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could say Bay. And before we thought about Michael Bay when we heard that word, but now when we think about Bay, we think about Beyonce. We did not did think we, about Michael Bay. The only reason is because, because she's become so uh, so enmeshed in American culture and world culture, ultimately, she is able to then play off her persona. And so when she's talking about some of the things that have happened to her, we just talk about some of her struggles, we were able to be brought into that world because there is so much out there, because there is a public persona that we buy into, and we can kind of see it through that prism of who she is. Mm-hmm. I sent showed it today. There was a very confusing article from the Bell Hooks Institute talking about how lemonade is like what a strange ideal for women to live up to. Like this idea of the empowered woman being able to take you know fight back against the scorned man, but it's the same time a pure fantasy. Uh, in reference to Lemonade. We were just, I mean, I looked at it, and it just felt very disjointed. I'm like, that's, you know, so wait, you're saying that Beyonce as a powerful woman taking a stand for herself, that feels like a fantasy ideal that's impossible to live up to in the real world? You do realize that pop music by itself provides escapism, and and also, for the record, because we buy into that persona of who Beyonce is, we are able to relate in a way that we wouldn't necessarily be able to with anonymous pop star A and B, you know? Like, I feel like there's a lot to it there. So... That being said, Nicholas Shota, uh, number three. Uh, well, and just to speak to the, the Bell Hooks article, I mean, because I do think it's important in the context of, of this, uh, of Lemonade specifically, because, I mean, I, I ultimately I can't say I totally agreed with what she had to say, but I also understood where she was coming from. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think that, from the little I've read of hers that's been critical of her, it's all kind of about so how... So Bell Hooks has been very critical of Beyonce for a while. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's all about how, you know, here's this woman who is... Uh, Rich. Know, preaching. Well, she's like preaching to get information and uh, talking about feminism in a very specific way and talking about becoming a, a black Bill Gates and whatnot. But she's ultimately still kind of like conforming to... The, the white ideal of what she should be, which is kind of an interesting argument. I mean, yeah. again, I don't totally... Necessarily agree with it, I don't, at least entertain see, that yeah, argument. I, right. It's, I, I, you know, I love her and any kind of criticism her, of her, I'm always kind of like, ooh, I don't like that, but I'm also, I don't know, it's, yeah. it's an interesting argument. So but if people, whatever format is posted, and leave comments below, we would like to expand this debate. But that being um, said, no more excuses. Shona! Okay. <laughs> Number So, three. Heart of Hearts, Heart of Hearts, this is how, can I can I give my, my one, two, and three, just like, get it out of my I, system? I actually just kind of want you to do your three. Just okay. throw your three okay. out there. We're going to debate um, the rest. So my... He's so conflicted, guys. <laughs> can you my hear the My three size? would have to be right now... Gut, gut reaction, lemonade. And here's why. Interesting. Um, I, I think it is a magnificent artistic statement. I don't know if I've had enough time to sit with it, though. Um, I know I have. I, I, you know, I've watched it, I think, three times now. I've listened to it a bunch. Um, I think that it's... <laughs> I think that it's, a, it's an a really compelling continuation of what she started with with, with self-titled so, uh-huh. um i just don't know can i jump in 
Uh, no. Wow, just I just got shut down, you guys. There is, <laughs> no, there is no, a no, you may not. No, I'm, I'm just finished. Exactly. Um, well, because I wanted to kind of finish that thought for him, because I had an idea. I mean, I, I think that if it's an album that I admire more than I like from where I sit right now today. Granted, I am going to see her in like three weeks or whatever, so yeah. I would imagine that opinion will change. But I will say that the songs by themselves, when removed from the context of the visual album from the 50-minute movie that is associated with it, don't have the same narrative through line as the visual album does. Yeah. And I think that's important. They do a bit. Right. But, but not it, like in the same explicit way. Yeah. Right. Because when you hear the album all the way straight, you can kind of get the sense about you know cheating and about standing up. But really, the through lines and the poetry in between all of the different segments in Lemonade, the visual part, that is much stronger and more pointed than the songs just by themselves. And I feel like when Lunch. you listen to the songs by themselves, they're enjoyable. They're mm -hmm. fun, but there's a little bit diminished on there. So I was not expecting you to put Lemonade at number three, but now I'm really running through it in my mind because mm -hmm. I, I I don't know if I agree, and I might. Uh, mm -hmm. Taryn. <sighs> We've all just been sighing through this and, podcast. Well, this is so hard, especially because the first three were much easier to rank. Um, <laughs> right. Because, honestly, all four of these albums have so many songs on them that have been, four. like, already been very like pivotal for me like i think of that song and i think of a specific moment in my life um you know playing out and i it's it's difficult for me but i'm <sighs> guys i i i think that i enjoy lemonade too much to put it at number three okay that's fair. um All right. And even, so even though I have been, um, God, I, this is so hard. Guys, we didn't realize this was going to be like the break our spirits ranking these it's three so albums hard. together. It's so hard because all three of these albums are just so, uh, you They're know, so good in their own unique ways. And, they're and I feel so like they're so goddamn distinct. Beyonce. Yeah. Cause really and they are, all three of them are very distinct. I, I think, I think... At number three on our list, I'm nominating four. Oh, um, no. Yeah. All right, um, you guys, now, I just want to, if you have a poncho while you're listening to this, please put it on because you're in the splash zone. It is going to be a bloodbath <laughs> in here. I'm just telling you right now. Because, and let me, let me explain yeah. why I'm nominating four. Um, one plus one might be my favorite Beyonce song. Oh, interesting. Um, it's incredible. I think I Care is one of her most underrated songs. I agree with that entirely. It's really, really freaking good, and no one listens to it. However, then we start getting into the rest of four. Um, the, mid, the middle of four is not a very good album. Rather die young, um, start over. Uh, I, I miss you... Um, best thing I never had, Trump's Irreplaceable as oh her God. most overrated song. For oh, the record, uh, Nick know. Shota is literally dying. He, Nick Shota was just fetal. <laughs> Oh God! Oh, okay, all right. yeah, it's all right. It's all right. All right. Guys, best this is why we're having this best thing I never had is Ugh. is and and even even in the the recent weeks as I've been doing research, I've been trying to give it a chance. I've been like, you know what? Everybody it's loves Stephen this Schwartz. song. 
It's oh my what? god, that's what, what it is? is. It's Stephen Schwartz. It's very Stephen Schwartz. Best things I never had. Oh, best thing I never had. Like, it it's sounds like something. It's like <sighs> Beyonce doing a musical, and you know she'd done two at this I'm not point, so to that. that makes sense. But it's like I and then uh, I party is not great. No, it's, I mean it's um, fine. Rather die young, not good. Start over. Terrible song. <laughs> Love on top. Fucking amazing. Countdown. Amazing. End of time. Amazing. I was here, not a good song. Run the World Girls, one of her weakest singles. You know, guys, so, guys, I'm just going to say this out here. We need to really get in our uh, foxholes and battle bunkers right now. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. <laughs> and we're back. Um, so, guys, I'm not sure if you remember what happened five seconds ago before we heard this segment, but uh, we are having a... <laughs> Brutal, brutal debate. Uh, talking about in our number three slot, if we're gonna put four, or if we're gonna put lemonade. Okay, I need to make my case for four. All right. <sighs> yes, I agree that four is is not perfect from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Not a fan of I Was Here or Run the World. However, all I know is that I was listening to that album at work the other day, and there was like every single song I was just like. Yes! Ah! Beyonce! I was like screaming in my brain at my desk. Um, so I should probably find a way to articulate that a little bit better. <laughs> nope, um, argument done. Great, love it. Fantastic. So, moving on. I feel like this album gives us everything that we love about Beyonce. We have the great pop songs. Love on Top is probably my favorite Beyonce song. Probably being the keyword there i i i mean it's you know like a so there's so many good choices yeah. um uh you have the like up-tempo dancey songs that make you go nuts when you see them live but you also have the, the vulnerable ballads mm-hmm. you've got um a wide range of colors and textures in her voice that i think uh you don't always get to hear and is that her, her? Um, I, I may have to backtrack on that right. statement but I mean um, okay. and I, I just I don't know for me it just feels like the most um, authentic not authentic it just feels like the most consistent well okay, no let me I'll put it this way of, of her entire catalog if I think about like damn it I want to listen to Beyonce right now four is my go to and that's just like that's just like me and my heart of hearts uh, I see for that. for better or worse. Oh Maybe. God, you're right though. Yeah, I mean, no, because even if I don't necessarily, even if currently in this moment I'm not I'm not going like oh four is her best album. When I go, I want to hear Beyonce. What I want to hear like specifically top of the list is, four. yeah, like one plus one and love on top, yeah. and end of time. Now, if we're talking about Beyonce the artist, Beyonce the the statement uh, maker, that would be a different conversation. Because Lemonade would clearly beat it out. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just, I, I can't, like, divorce my uh, experience with Four um, from... Uh, what am I even saying? No, I, it, it, it's just my go-to. It's my go-to. So then that brings to the question, Taryn, do you agree with Nick, or would you put Lemonade here? Or no, what would you... I think... Uh... Or would, would self-titled go like... here? No. 
<laughs> no, it would no, not. No, subtitled. Yeah, it would not. Subtitled would not go here. Um, <laughs> you know, I guess now that we're we've talked about it more extensively, I can hear the case for lemonade here. I've just, I, you know, and maybe it's just because it's new, and so it's in my brain, mm-hmm. and I've been listening to it a ton, but because like, um, I think don't hurt yourself is I don't know if it's one of the best songs she's ever done. It's just so different and she pulls it off so flawlessly, which, and that's, that's part of why I think I like Lemonade so much is that she really is taking her sound to a whole new place. Mm -hmm. Um, and it still sounds so Beyonce, of course, because she's unmistakable and like in doing my research this past week, like I, I did hear like precursors to Lemonade on earlier stuff, even as far back as like B Day. But I think, just I mean, like, don't hurt yourself. Sorry, Six Inch, Daddy Lessons, Love Drought is just like a sol- such a solid set. And I also think that Love Drought is one of the best ballads that she's done. And then we get back to the end, like Freedom is like fucking incredible freedom is like a tour de force of songwriting and production and her statement as an artist and as a human and what she wants to leave in the world and it's just like it's so quintessentially her um that it's hard for me to to rank it below other things but i guess then on the other side it has some weaknesses, such as um, Pray You Catch Me, and even if you want to look at it as, like, if you look at her career as a whole, Daddy Lessons is really weird. Um, oh, no! All right, so guys, guys, listen, listen. You both made your cases here. We're oh. talking about it. It's time for Evan to weigh in. Oh. All right, guys, we are in the middle of a debate in our number three slot. We are putting four, we are putting lemonade there in a case like that. I get to have my say now. Our, uh, I just have to say one thing about Daddy Oh my lessons. god. Do it. Say it. In the... In the so, who's, who said this? It might have been someone on a podcast I listened to. Um, or maybe it was just a friend of mine. Somebody said, Daddy Lessons... Oh, it was my friend Micah. He said, uh, Daddy Lessons taught me... Like, gave me a, a country Beyonce song that I never knew I wanted. And I totally agree with that. Like, give us a Beyonce country album. Yeah, which, which the Dixie oh, Chicks have already oh. covered, by the way. They already covered that live in concert. Because that, yeah. like, within the weeks of it coming out. Yeah. Like within, that, within, like, a week. Yeah, exactly. They had like, done a live cover yeah. of, of Danny Lessons. Anyway, go ahead. So, yeah. So, now, I think this is another case where it comes down to Evan. I have to be the deciding oh. vote here. <laughs> well, when you ask us to vote You're first. You're damn right yeah. I am. <laughs> oh, it's a wonderful format. I'm the kingmaker. So, guys, um, I want to talk about... Well, first, I want to give a couple things here. First off, I my, tipping my hand a little bit. My all-time favorite Beyonce song, and this is... It surprised me just as much as anyone, is End of Time off of 4. Uh, that is one of the purest pop songs that she ever made. It is fun. It is energetic. It is... I kind of almost browsed that marching band thing that she did with Destiny's Child, but so much better over here after Lose Yourself. But um, at the same time... Lose my breath. 
lose my breath. Thank you. Thank you. Oh <laughs> I was my about God. to be like, <laughs> like oh, hold but on. baby, uh, hold on. Mr. Wait, music wait, wait, critic wait, wait. over here. Oh, shut the fuck up. But here's the thing. <laughs> As, and the thing is that when I think about, I think about even, yeah, even best thing I never had when I think about uh, Countdown and how weird that is and how. It didn't do well as a single, but how incredible she released that as a single. So outside of what the sound of the radio is. At the same time, I, while I think that there are individual tracks on 4 that are stronger, what Lemonade achieves as an album, and sometimes even on a song-for-song basis, is stunning. Um, I would say that, because one of the things, yeah. I think the good idea of what a great album is, is when your favorite song always changes. Because sometimes you listen to an album, a pop album, and you're just like, oh, that one song is so fucking good, and you put it mm -hmm. on every mix CD you ever make. But then every once in a while, there's one where like you listen to the album, and you have that song. And for me, when I first heard it, my first response was, hold up. That uh, you know, one that was written by Vampire Weekend and Diplo, mm -hmm. and it was just you know, like fun and crazy, and I kept coming back to it. And then, of all things, Freedom kept coming back in my mind over and over again. I couldn't get that out of my head. There was just something mm -hmm. powerful and emotive about it. And I will say, Sandcastles, despite that amazing second verse where her voice is on a tear, unlike anything we've ever heard, Sandcastles is a weak song. Sandcastles is a pretty boring ballad. But that and what she tries to do with Daddy Lessons, she, I feel like the biggest thing about uh, Lemonade as an album is... I think about Freak on Dress, and then I think about some elements of Sasha Fierce, and I think about all those things. The, the Lemonade as an album gave me a, a sense of like, oh, I can see what she's trying to do at all these different points in her career yeah. that she finally realized on Lemonade. So even though on a, I would say that their singles on 4 have higher heights than what Lemonade does, Lemonade as an album, I would say is stronger. So as such, since it's down to my vote, basically, I'm going to go ahead and put... Four at number three on All our right. Beyonce countdown. Guys, we are 49 minutes into the podcast at this point. We but need you know to what? start. Okay. <laughs> but actually, so when I was thinking about this as, yes. and uh, about how this is going to go, I feel like for me personally, I kind of have to divide my Beyonce charts uh, lists up into to two different ones. Like, Beyonce, the the artist, and like just the shit that I personally really love. Yes, yes, and, yes. You know, <laughs> and for me, uh, I well, I guess. Sign, well, I mean, to but, your point, yeah. like the exact same thing. I would put Lemonade higher than four, but at the same time, I would put four on at any given moment because I I think it's such a yeah. fun, joyous, and it, I think the best iteration of pop Beyonce, less artist mm -hmm. Beyonce, to put it that way. Yeah. But that brings us down to a really close question. We haven't talked about the self-titled at all. Okay. Guys. I I think self-titled is her number one for me, which mm. took a lot of thinking about. Well, it really did. And even especially because I did not love it through and through when it first happened. Um, but too. also yeah. that was... Uh, three years ago now yeah and i think that in that time i've kind of uh changed the way i listen to music a little bit just in the sense that i really can sit and appreciate um the artistry of production and how well the mastering is done and just the little the little tiny details of a song and i think that even though both Four and Lemonade do an incredible job at that. Its height is in the self-titled and the the songs, even even like 
songs that I used to think maybe were a little weak, but honestly, I'm really into right now, such as No Angel and Pretty Hurts. Yeah, No Angel. And Rocket um, are just produced so immaculately, and you can tell that there was such a, like, a love and, and, um, there's, there's a, a proudness to the, the final product. I don't know. It's just, it's so, and I don't know, just like start to finish. It's, you can tell that it is exactly what Beyonce wanted it to be, which I don't know that you can always say about the other albums. That being said, uh, let's all agree that Superpower is a piece of shit song. Can we do that? Okay. Can we do that? It yeah. I, Nick I, what I do think is a piece of shit song might be a controversial opinion um i hate pretty hurts you know here's the thing about that i um, hate that song i first i when i first heard the album i kind of liked it but then especially i think maybe even you taryn that pointed it out to me about how yeah. sia co-wrote it sia and now did. when i hear it all i can hear is sia, sia. Yeah. i can hear the sia lead vocals and the sia songwriting aesthetic and everything on there it's true right? now that now that you complained about that to me <laughs> i can hear in her delivery it's like oh she listened to Sia sing this and sang along to it. Right. And it's because Sia's voice is so incredibly distinct. I mean, it it changed Rihanna on Diamonds. It almost didn't sound like Rihanna anymore. Right. Like right Beyonce, we have to give her credit in that she takes it and she definitely turns it into a Beyonce song, but you the the sia-ness is unmistakable also holy shit blow can we talk about blow Woo! where we were when you first heard blow for the first time because blow oh my god that what an incredible song for an album I'm that's sorry. like ladies and gentlemen uh we need to take a quick break to listen to blow <laughs> <laughs> are you being serious yeah okay. i'm sorry guys during that break we had to run to the uh, run to the local market taryn does that is that a is that a box full of cherries that you have in your hand right now? Okay. You have that? All right. <laughs> Anywho. Um... Uh, <laughs> and for those of you who don't know Beyonce's catalog, that is a reference to the song Blow, specifically. I figure, but if you're listening and you've gotten to 53 <laughs> minutes into the podcast and you're hearing this, then I have a feeling hey, you're probably... Look, I, maybe not. I don't know. Exactly. This Again, one? look, in doing my research for this, I realized that there were many songs of hers that I had not heard. So. Not heard at all. Exactly. Yeah, I know, which has actually been one of the more fascinating parts. Um, yeah. I felt like we were on a thing. But uh, here's the other thing. I will, The only negative I will really throw towards uh, Beyonce the album, aside from, of course, Flawless... Uh, no, I'm sorry, not Flawless. Super, uh, superpower. Is that... Much like Sasha Fear, she does the thing where she's trying to create another persona. Uh, in this case, the form of Yonce. Is she uh, though? I don't agree with that. I really? Think, okay, walk I think through that's this. Walk projecting. That. Okay. I think that's. There because, was a lot. I'm sorry. No, that's not projecting. There was a lot of privileged things where she's creating her own like kind of rap, you know, like kind of sultry persona about Yonce. There was even a song. I'm not sure if you know called Yonce. I, on I, I, I do. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, that's, that's only my favorite track on self-titled yeah. uh, Beyonce or Yonce slash Partition. Um, no, I think okay, fine. So she was creating a new persona for herself, but it's a persona that's always been there. I also don't, like. I think that comparing it to Sasha Fierce is not equivalent at all because well, Sasha well, well, Fierce why? was specifically yeah. marketed as I am, and then also well, because also Fierce. that deluxe edition, it was literally two discs, and it's you know, also yeah. different because I mean, Yonsei is literally part of her name. 
so loose to say that she well, doesn't Sasha Fierce is a completely separate thing. Right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's like I, I don't I I I don't think that argument holds up, Mr. Saudi. Well then I wanna posit something here real quick, because we've been talking about both these albums for a little bit now. Guys, is there anything that is gonna prevent any of us from indicating that Beyonce is the number one album? I mean, this isn't so much an, uh, an argument against it as much as, again, it's just like personal preference. Yeah. I feel similarly about uh, uh, Beyonce as I do about Lemonade, which is that I absolutely admire it 100% for what it says, the achievement it represents. I mean, I still can't kind of can't believe that it happened. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, Legit. like, I believe that the album itself happened, but the fact that it was a surprise and all that, like, that's shocking and stunning yeah um uh i i don't ever really want to listen to it though self-titled uh, self-titled and lemonade i'm just not like it's not I'm your not, go-to they're, they're not my go-to's and but at the same time i do love blow i love oddly enough mine is one of my favorite interesting I, I really do like mine too evan doesn't um yeah I but think i first, honestly i i don't love the drake stuff but yeah. i I, it's again Rocket. it's similar to what I was saying earlier it's I think it's a moment in her career where you're like this is so Beyonce and yet it sounds like absolutely nothing else she's ever done yeah because and, it, it, yeah. the the song structure of mine is so weird it's it, there's almost no repetition of melodic phrasing and it just keeps flowing and evolving into a new thing over and over again and i just i think so in on one way it's not a great pop song but on the other way it's such an interesting piece of music and i think that it's her most under maybe her most understated vocal performance she's probably maybe ever given in her career um there is no belting yeah and there's no screaming there's no kind of one you know yeah test her as there's none of that like harsh tone that yeah. she does a lot yeah and, and i don't know you don't hear her being ambivalent much i feel similarly about mine as i do about love drought like those are the two songs from those albums that really stick with me when i think about them just because hmm. um yeah i don't know that I, I think that they're uh complicated yeah. okay so then guys let's just put it out there are we all three of us in agreement that number two is Lemonade and number one is Beyonce? Uh, I mean, you're never going to get me to agree that... Really? That f- you're never going to get me to agree that four is not number one. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. That's fine. That's just... That's fine. That's, I, I Honestly, just love that album so much. It's it's like... it's it, it That was... So, I, obviously, <laughs> I loved Beyonce before four, but think... four was the album that, for me, was like, I... Now I'm a fan. I that was the... love her. Yeah. Like, I don't know. That's I Taren. think that we maybe jumped the gun on putting four at number three. Mm. And that in our discussion, we've we've kind of talked about some flaws of Lemonade um, and could move it. Are you, are you two in agreement that four um, should be moved up a notch? Oh, shit. Yeah. Should I, that happen? I'm still putting... Unprecedented! I'm still putting Beyonce self-titled at number one for me, um, both as artistic statement and as musicality. Um, and it's interesting because some days I think I like 
Lemonade musically more even, but it just Beyonce yep. self titled is just such a such a statement and such an iconic moment. There's so much. She just. She, like, came at, she, be, she became a debate point in the 2016 presidential campaign because Mike Huckabee wrote about how in partition, it's like, why are you having all this, you know, crazy premarital sex? Why are you doing this, you know, being so promiscuous? Like, that's how oh, you mean that song that's about uh, fucking, fucking her a, husband? Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> no, and, and, no, and it's okay. like, and that's the, uh, the thing. That, that song was in the presidential race of 2016, three years after it came out. That's mm. a thing, guys. Yeah. That's not, not anyone can do that, had, had that level of cultural influence. And it's not just because she's popular. There's a reason why she's popular is because of who she is yeah. as an artist and songwriter um so this occurred to me yes this is maybe not related this is not related to uh the ranking but do you think we would have lemonade if there hadn't been the elevator incident Ooh! now for those who don't know this is referring to the solange Knowles attacking jay-z in an elevator tmz leaked incident who doesn't know i mean some people might not honestly legit and that's right. why and to a degree although it's not exactly a replica in the start of lemonade uh beyonce's in a very frilly dress uh yellow dress similar to the one that solange wore and is walking down the street smashing cars and uh just being awesome yes nick showed up and then my other thought is do you think that we would have lemonade if beyonce had leaked or had not been as successful we would not have lemonade if it had Beyonce the self title was not as successful. That is, that's not even a hard thing for me. That legitimately because her as because her putting right. herself as a visual album and because remember like Beyonce the self titled album is a series of music videos together that kind of like are all you know different and unique and mm. kind of tell a story in their own way. It's an incredible album about sex within marriage and some of the fights you have within marriage. And Lemonade right. is a blown up, maximalized version of that that takes so many more interesting textures and tangents. But also that visual film is so different because it's not a series of music videos. It's a, it's a connected thing. Yeah, like it's Kendrick, a piece of work. Right, yeah. Right, Kendrick yeah. Lamar's entire verse in uh, Freedom is completely cut from the Lemonade, the visual album. Which oh, honestly, that's right. I yeah. kind of... Is worth it because it he's not his best verse. Yeah, I, it's not that it's not his best verse. I mean, it isn't. Right. But it all, I still very much enjoy listening to it. I think it's a great song, and I love listening to Kendrick's verse on it. Um, I think it adds a lot to the dynamics and the, you know, emotions of the song. But I think um, it it wouldn't have fit the narrative she was trying to do with Lemonade, the film. Right. And I, so I totally understand why she cut it. Yeah. Um, I think she also, I, I, I feel like there's maybe a couple other places where she cut things a little short. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, that being said, guys, we did it. We ranked Beyonce's discography. Let's go through it one more time. Number six, Dangerously in Love. Number five, I Am Sasha Fierce. Mm -hmm. Number four, B-Day. Number three, Lemonade. Number two, in a last minute replacement, Four, which I really agree with. And number one, self-titled. Guys, this has been an amazing journey. Now, we talked about how there are people that are listening that in all likelihood are familiar mm -hmm. with Beyonce. On the outset that you're listening to this and you don't have, and you ha aren't immediately familiar with Beyonce, let's all go around and talk about the one song we'd be like, listen to this. This is a Beyonce. This is the Beyonce song you need to hear. Oh, there's a lot of things to song? pick up. But just one song. And guys, by the way, you'll notice that immediately after this, there's also the Happy Hour, the uh, Happy Hour podcast about this. We're going to talk about a lot of other things. So please listen to that. We're going to be a lot junker for that. But uh, if I were to pick one song, just one. <laughs> It would be uh, end of time. It wasn't. It was released as a single. Not her biggest song. So fun. So explosive and so joyous. I highly recommend it. 
Uh, the other two guys are still thinking maybe. Oh, it could just be gut instinct. It doesn't have to necessarily be the song that defines you. Is oh, like, but see, here's the, this is the problem. Oh my God. This is the struggle that I've had with this. Is that again, it's like the stuff that I really love, just gut instinct, and the stuff that I think defines her as an artist. And I don't. I honestly, and here's the thing: I don't really care about which one you choose. I just want I you to pick. If it's a personal uh, favorite, that's okay. Pick the pick one you love. So I got your head. I gotta go with love on top. I don't know. Fantastic. That just and yeah. it's such a. It's um, it, you know, it's a it's a throwaway pop song that okay. I just think is yeah. completely delightful. Guys, I was gonna say one plus one. All really? the songs are on four. Are we sure? Are we really sure we shouldn't put four at number one? Yes, because then we have to deal with some of the filler that's on four. I mean, I don't know. It sounds like we have a two against one sort of situation happening here. No, 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 here. no, no. It, this is not a two against one situation. It's just that I mean, really though, when you asked us to pick the song that we go to as like when we think Beyonce, when we want to make Beyonce happen even for for someone new. We all pick we songs all from four. We all pick songs from four. I think we also at the same time though, we would but, agree that Beyonce the self-titled is a stronger artistic statement than four. <sighs> and that I'm sorry, it's one of those things when we talk about listenability versus what it accomplishes. It is it is a stronger Because listen, statement. she wouldn't have stood on the front of a award show stage with the word feminist blasted behind behind her with anything off the four the way that she did with self titled. <sighs> I think the ranking still stands. We will debate also, this. It's still in the I happy mean, hour podcast. Still, run the world, girls. Is yeah, that is single. also a big, big negative against but that. Um, but also, uh, I love how she took uh, run the world and then made flawless and then uh, freedom, which I feel like there's a correlation for they, sure. They, yeah, you know, That's, and ooh, that could be a fun thing to talk about if we want to like pull the correlations between yeah. the tracks and what they accomplish on each album. And we will talk anyway, about that in the Half the Hour podcast. In the meantime, though, Taryn, yeah. thank you so much. I love that you're here. It makes me so happy. I'm glad we got to talk about this. Nick Shoda, thank you so much for joining us thank on this. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. This is so fun. This is the Chartographers. You've been listening to us. We've been thanking you so much. Please leave your ideas and things in the comments below. Mainly the yeah, things. Let us know. Leave the things. Tell us where you disagree and or agree with people, including Evan. Give us uh, your thoughts. I want to know that. In the meantime, we're heading out. Thank you so much for listening. Also, can we thank Beyonce real Let's quick? Thank Beyonce. Let's thank Beyonce. I mean, our whole, like, my whole reason for living. No, just kidding. That's exactly. Okay. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Beyonce. Listen to the Happy Hour Podcast. Thank, thank, thank you, you so existing. much, guys. All right, we're heading out. Have a good night. Thank you so much.